Hi, this is Keith, and welcome to Klozmer Podcast 113 for May 2nd, 2014. The website is klozmerpodcast.com, and you can write to me at keith at klozmerpodcast.com. I also invite you to follow Klozmer Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, Last.fm, Pinterest, and also look for my monthly playlist on Spotify. My guest on this episode of the podcast is Sarah Arrowesti, a Ladino singer based in New York. Sarah was recently in Los Angeles for a Ladino conference at UCLA, where I caught up with her for the interview, and uh, it was great to get to know her a little bit. I've been enjoying her album for more than a year now, and it was great to finally get a chance to meet her. The album is entitled Gracia and comprises original works written specifically for Ladino by Sarah. So let's get on with the interview and get to know a little bit more about Sarah Aroeste. This was recorded on March 5th, 2014. Hi, this is Keith with Klesmer Podcast, and uh, today I'm very happy to finally caught up with Sarah El Oeste. Finally made it to Los Angeles. Um, I've been trying to find you for about, uh, what, a year, year and a half, something like that, um, ever since your last album uh, was released. Well, welcome to Los Angeles. You picked a nice day to be here, uh, much better than East Coast weather, I guess. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here, and it's exciting that it coincides with this great symposium at UCLA. Um, it's called UC Ladino. It's a symposium this year on the revitalization of Ladino, which fits in very well with what I do, so it's really a pleasure to be here. And it's also part of the inaugural L.A. Sephardic Music Festival. It's been for nine years in New York, and this is the first time that we're bringing it to L.A., so it's thrilling to be here. Wow, so what have they got you scheduled to do for the, uh, for the Ladino event? Well, tonight I'll be giving a big free show at the Fowler Museum at UCLA, and it's my show of uh, Ladino music. It mostly features music off my last album, Gracia, and uh, we describe ourselves as a contemporary Ladino rock band, and we're a little bit different than other Ladino groups because, first of all, we present the music in a contemporary way and we also don't really do that much traditional music most of the music that we do is original music that I wrote which is pretty rare in the Ladino music world because the majority of musicians primarily concentrate on music that already exists it's part of an existing repertoire of um, really wonderful Ladino folk songs that are beloved around the world but it goes back maybe hundreds of years right hundreds of years yeah. correct um, but I'm really interested when we talk about revitalization and preservation um, that we don't only look backwards because we can't always be doing work in the same repertoire that already exists. I believe that to preserve a culture, we also need to be looking forwards, and that means creating new music and a new culture. So I'm really proud of the music that I've written, and that's most of the music that we perform now. So you could have been doing singer-songwriter, pop music, uh, you know, other genres. Um, what what drew you to Ladino to start with and then to broaden that uh, into writing original stuff? 
Great question. Uh, well, Ladino is part of my family tradition. I grew up with it from my grandparents' generation. And growing up in Princeton, New Jersey, which is not exactly a hotbed of Sephardic culture, I was always really fascinated by my family story. And it really um, came through during mostly holidays and family events, I understood that our family was a little bit different. The foods we ate were these um, you know, Greek-Turkish foods and the songs that we sang, some of them were in Ladino, and I knew that I was a little bit different than other Jewish kids that I knew at the time. And um, I really took took pride in this tradition. At the same time, though, I was really frustrated because I wanted to know more, and I don't think I have a particularly unique uh, immigrant story in my family, which is to say that when my grandparents' generation came over to America, they were escaping war. Um, In their case, it was the Balkan Wars in the early 1900s. And when they came to America, they wanted to become American, and they wanted to assimilate. And so they didn't necessarily pass down the traditions to the next generation, and that included, unfortunately, the Ladino language. So my mother did not grow up speaking Ladino, and I remember as a child really wanting to know more and asking questions and not getting answers. So um, my love of Ladino really grew out of this, on the one hand, Um, admiration for my family story, and on the other hand, a frustration that I couldn't learn more. So I took it upon myself to uh, to make it my life's mission to uh, you know, to learn more about it. it. It obviously took a couple of years and um, uh, a couple of you know, winding roads. I really came to it through music. I grew up as a Western classical musician. I thought I was going to be an opera singer, and uh, I actually found myself in Israel performing opera. It was a summer program of the Tel Aviv Opera, and my opera coach just happened to be coincidentally one of the world's leading experts on Ladino, <laughs> and uh, the great Nico Castell. And in between our opera coachings, he started to teach me the very traditional Ladino repertoire, and I just loved it. And I came back to America and gave a series of recitals, and uh, in each of the programs, I had a small little section of Ladino music, and without fail, after every concert, audience members would come up to me and tell me that the Ladino portion was their favorite part, and gradually I agreed with them, so I knew that opera was not my calling, and when I returned to music, I just felt this draw towards the Ladino songs. And at the same time, I was also just exploring more about my family history. And a lot of people don't know the story of what happened to Greek Jews in the Holocaust. And people are often surprised to know that Greece was the hardest hit country of any country in Europe in terms of the percentage of Jews killed. Not in terms of the number, but in terms of the percentage. Over 95% of the Greek population, Greek Jewish population, was exterminated. And along with that, you know, was the Sephardic culture. And a lot of my family perished. And I really, at some point, just felt this compulsion to make sure that these stories get told because my generation, sadly, um, really knows very little about Sephardic culture. And I've always been stunned when you ask the American, you know, the average American Jew if they've heard of Ladino, and nobody has. And it's shocking. You know, Klezmer and... and, um, 
Yiddish is so, yeah. you know, so common. Um, at least people know about it, but you know, Ladino, it's just not in in the vocabulary of American Jews, and it's tragic. It's you know, I I try to tell people that it's not some you know tiny esoteric language or culture. It's a huge part of Jewish history, and you really can't appreciate Jewish culture as a whole um, unless you know about the Sephardic experience. Up until the Holocaust, the Spanish Inquisition was the major event uh, in Jewish history, in you know modern Jewish history, and one has to know about Sephardic history to understand the larger Jewish story. So a lot of the work that I do is to show people that Ladino is not some you know, dead, extinct language and culture. It's still very much a part of a living, breathing story. So how is your music received when you're touring around performing um, these songs in Ladino that first, people probably don't know the language, and second, um, it's very different from Yiddish music, klezmer music, uh, Israeli Hebrew music, um, everything else. Although you, you, some of your songs, they does seem to have a little Middle East uh, influence in, in some uh, areas of the songs. Well, what I love about Ladino, which I think makes it really interesting and unique, is that I describe it as a pan-Mediterranean language. It's the combination of so many different sounds and rhythms and languages. So it's so universal. I think it's one of the most universal languages. So no matter what language, if any, you know, that you speak besides English, uh, you know, people can take a little bit away from one of my shows. If you speak even a little bit of French or Italian, you would understand a couple of words here and there. Um, at its root, Ladino is Castilian Spanish, and you know there are obviously a lot of Spanish speakers out there. So my music appeals to um, you know a lot of non-Jews, people who speak Spanish, who are interested in Spanish history and, and language, and my music is entirely secular, which also sets me apart from other Ladino musicians. Um, I love the liturgical music; it's just not what I do. So my music is particularly universal because. Um, you know, it, it, it speaks a very universal message and some of the songs that I do that are traditional I purposely pick because I feel like it, they can appeal to a really large audience and so um, you know I, I'd like to think that my that my music can appeal to you know a variety of, of different people so um, I really like your album the Grassi ever since uh I, we stumbled upon it uh, when, it, when it first got released, and I'm sorry it's taken this long to uh, to uh, find you to, to talk about it. But um, the, uh, the what, what was your inspiration for writing these originals? Uh, what what are the songs about? Um, I get uh, flavor of uh, uh, female power in, in there, um, which is great. But uh, I know there's other uh, ideas flowing through there, too. Well, the album is called Gracia, and it's named after one of my uh, role models in Sephardic culture. Her name was Doña Gracia Nasi. She was this incredible heroine of uh, Inquisition Portugal at the time. Um, She was a converso, someone who did not leave... Uh, the Iberian Peninsula, but instead converted to Catholicism, but in secret 
kept her Jewish faith. And she's really a remarkable, remarkable story. Not only was she the richest woman in Europe, she was the richest person in all of Europe. She inherited a great wealth. Um, she was a widow when she was 28. It was a single mother and inherited a huge fleet of ship and was uh, really the absolute richest person in Europe at, at the time. So much so that kings and sultans and even popes came to her uh, to borrow money and in return lending money she secured safe passage for many Jews escaping the Inquisition and she got them settled in Tiberias, Israel. And she was just a remarkable woman who used her creativity, her wit, her business savvy, her femininity and uh, she saved so many people and yet she's really a footnote in most history books and you know a lot of people have never heard of her and I think it's a travesty and so I really wanted to write an album that would harness that um, female spirit and to really pay homage to Doña Gracia herself and so the title track on the album is called Gracia and it's all about thanking her for inspiring us um, to, to do good in the world and it's really a song for so many people out there who do great things to preserve our culture and yet go unrecognized so that's one song but you're right there are several songs on the album that have a little bit of a feminist twist um, one song actually features Gloria Steinem on it um, and uh, I'm very interested in the female experience because I think it's one that's really respected and valued and cherished in Sephardic culture, and it's something in modern Jewish um, culture that we don't really talk about. And Sephardic music, Ladino music, has some very wonderful, um, very sensual songs that I don't shy away from. I think they're a beautiful part of our culture, and I, I'm really trying to bring those um bring those out and expose them more. But the other songs that are original on the album are songs that really talk about Sephardic historical memory and have a lot of Sephardic imagery. One of my favorite songs, Chica Morena, is about the iconic Morena figure in Sephardic culture, which is the dark-haired gypsy girl who is wandering the earth after she's been kicked out of Spain and she's just trying to find her way home and she listens to the voices of her ancestors all in the hopes of, of finding her way back and I think that's a very universal theme no, no matter what your family story is or where you live in the world we're all sort of trying to find um, our identities and our heritages and um, other Sephardic themes that pop up are ones that um, I, I wrote a song based on a Samuel Hanagid poem, a great 11th century Judeo-Spanish poet. Uh, so I read a lot of Judeo-Spanish stories and poetry, and I get inspired by a lot of Sephardic imagery. Terrific. So uh, what's next for you then? Uh, you have a, another uh, album of more songs you're working on. Uh, touring around some more what's what's going on in the world of Sarah <laughs> well I'm still touring around with the Gracia project and I'm also starting work right now on my newest project which I'm really excited about I just had a baby I'm a new mother 
that's a big project. <laughs> that is a big project, um, and it's been a wonderful one, and it's inspired me in ways that you know, I couldn't have predicted. Four so months a, ago. a Lino children's album in the exactly. in the future, right? That's true. So I'm um, really. It's true. Yep, I'm writing um, new songs for children in Ladino because it's something that really doesn't exist, and I'm finding that I want to. You sing songs to my own baby girl, and there aren't a lot of resources out there for me. There are some beautiful traditional Ladino lullabies, but I want to write my own. So that's what you can look forward to. Great. Well, we'll be looking for that for the uh, Kinder or whatever the uh, Kinder version of uh, Ladino is. <laughs> the Chicas. Um, so if people want to learn more about you and your music uh, and buy your album, uh, download the tracks, uh, where can they find it? Well, I'm all over the interwebs. Um, you can find me pretty much anywhere if you just Google me, or you can go to my website, www.sarahsarahsdaroeste.com. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your uh, busy Ladino festival schedule and Sephardic uh, music festival, your visit to UCLA in Los Angeles, and very much a uh, Appreciate you uh, letting me invade for a few minutes. It's my pleasure. Thanks for talking to me. Tú nos das gracia, tú nos das vida, tú nos das esperanza, tú nos das bravura, tú nos das fuerza, tú nos das felicidad. Tú mostras voz, tú mostras inspiración, tú mostras estima, tú mostras valor, tú mostras admiración, porque ti.
revolution. Sex and race, because they are easy, visible differences, have been the primary ways of organizing human beings into superior and inferior groups and into the cheap labor on which this system still depends. We are talking about a society in which there will be no roles other than those chosen or those earned. We are really talking about humanism. Hola amigos, están escuchando Klesmer Podcast con la Orquesta Kef de Argentina, directamente desde Buenos Aires. Saludos. All right, I'm back. That was my interview with Sarah Aroesti, and we heard the track Gracia from her album of the same name. I'd like to thank Sarah for taking the time out of her busy schedule to appear on the podcast with me and for providing the track for us to listen to. Again, the website is klezmerpodcast.com, and if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or if you have a band that would like to appear or have your music played on the podcast, or if you have a recent or soon-to-be-released album you'd like me to review, please write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. Also, the music heard on Klezmer Podcast is for promotional purposes only and is used with permission. So that's about it for Klezmer Podcast 113. Thanks for listening. Please stay subscribed, tell your friends, and until next time, bye for now. <laughs>